Hi, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm doing well. <clears throat> hey, I got a question for you. Okay. I suppose we should remind people that this is Psychology Takeaway, where we uh, try to apply whatever is new in psychology to one's everyday life. I got a question for everyday life, Ralph. Okay. Uh, do you know what AI is? I matey. No, no, Ralph, it's not a pirate. Hey, matey. No, it stands for artificial intelligence. Okay, yes, I've heard of that. Okay. What do you know about artificial intelligence? Well, I know that, you know, for a number of years recently, since uh, we have entered the computer age, people have been working to make what they call artificial intelligence, which is basically a computer system that can, in some respects, mimic the human mind. Okay. Yeah, that's what I understand. Now, I was listening to uh, Science Friday a while ago, and they were talking about the use of uh, artificial intelligence in, uh, I believe it was, looking at x-rays to detect cancer. Okay. And apparently, a machine can do this a lot better than uh, a human doctor because a machine can look very, very quickly at a database of hundreds of thousands of scans or x-rays, whereas your doctor or mine might have experience with 50 or 60. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so, so if you're looking for a comparison, you want to compare to as many as you can yeah. And if you only have a database of, well, I've seen 50 or 100 uh, x-rays of cancer patients' lungs, uh, even if it's 5,000, that's a different thing than saying, I looked at a million of them in uh, 20 seconds. Yeah. So <clears throat> that, to me, seemed pretty powerful, you know, that use of the technology. You know, to be able to look at something like this as quickly as, as a doc could. And, you know, somebody in Rwanda can look at the same database as somebody in Beverly Hills. Okay, which, that, you know, that makes sense because uh, the computer programs are pretty much universal. Yeah, so they if talk you can, to each other. If you can get one in uh, L.A., chances are pretty good you can get one in Africa or India or wherever. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to talk to you about something I heard of this week, but first of all, I'm going to talk to you about chat boxes, making uh, original written documents. Okay. okay, so I know that today we have something that uh, a lot of people are starting to use, which is called chat GP, uh, and that will write a document. You give it a topic and a length, and it'll write a document for you. Okay. Um, and the, the story that I heard, and I was going to put it up on our screen, but you know, I can't find it now, was to have this chat, what do you, GP? Chat GP is okay. one of the titles of yeah. the writing programs. Okay, so this is a, a, a writing program, and somebody, I suppose it was a theologian, uh, asked the chat box, bot, chat bot? Yeah. Chat bot, yeah. Bot, 
to write a sermon, um, I think a five-point sermon, about, uh, I think it's the book of Revelation. Okay. The last book of the Christian Bible. Uh, which basically, for those of you who are not uh, theologically inclined, uh, talks about the end of times. Right, right. Uh, the return of Christ and the... the uh, yeah, end of time. Okay, end of times. Now, with um, uh, this creation, the, the person, I don't know if it was a minister or the person who requested the sermon, read the sermon, a human being read the sermon out loud on, online, and it was pretty good. You know, the, the human put some uh, reflection or inflection into the tone of voice, and um, you know, <clears throat> it sounded good. Okay. To me, at least. Um, but then I saw a, uh, another article online, and uh, it was from Germany, and it said something to the effect of, can a machine write an interesting sermon? And so I looked at it, and the people who were critiquing it said that the voice was monotone, and there was no body language or inflection. Okay, so maybe, it, it sounded like uh, hell from 2001, Space Odyssey, uh, <laughs> maybe. Very, very mechanical. Uh, that, that is what the, uh, uh, the, the reviewer said. Now, whether or not you could program inflections in, you know, I don't know. But the thing that was of interest to me is that here we have a machine that wrote what I thought was a pretty good sermon. Okay. It was about a 15-minute sermon, which is a nice length you know, for uh -huh. a person like me. And uh, it had five points. And, you know, so I was thinking about this. Now, you've been a professor for how many years, Ralph? 40, 45? 45, 50, yeah. somewhere in that range. And you mainly taught... English, right? Right. English composition? English composition and writing, mm -hmm. uh, technical writing, business writing, and uh, just introductory uh, first and second course levels. Yeah. Okay, and I, as a college prof, uh, supervised lots and lots of thesis and dissertations, which require you know, a tremendous amount of writing. I was wondering, could a machine write um, you know, a dissertation about uh, self-efficacy of blank individuals. You know, you could throw in any term you want. Self-efficacy of, of uh, disabled individuals or self-efficacy of gifted individuals, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you think, do you think that's a possibility? I think it, it not only is a possibility, it's becoming uh, increasingly a probability that even at the doctoral level we will get uh, programs that can write at that level of competency. Okay, so if you have an experimental doctoral thesis, the, uh, the machine is not going to make up the data for you, but the, no. the machine will do the review of the literature. Right. And, and maybe formulate the hypotheses? Could formulate the hypotheses. It, it could uh, 
for example, uh, tease out, now you might have to go to a statistical program as part of that, but it could tease out from your data uh, anything that's statistically significant and comment on that. Mm -hmm. the, the thing that, um, so far at least, AI does not seem real good at is uh, introducing human emotions into the piece of writing that it's doing. So if you're writing um, something which is going to reflect a number of feelings of your characters, for example, uh, the chat GP and other things don't seem to be quite there yet. Okay. But if you're writing technical material, they seem to do a better job of that where there's no emotions involved. Okay. It was a dark and stormy night. With a crack of thunder and lightning, Ralph's blood turned to ice. Yes, yeah. something like that. Something like that. Okay, hackneyed is all get out, right? But, right. but I can do it and the machine can't, you're saying. Right. Yet. Not yet. The machine can't do it as well. Uh, and while it can write very descriptively, so the dark and stormy night might become a paragraph on its own, it can't do what you felt mm -hmm. as well as a human can. Okay. Yeah, I can remember, well, back in the, I guess, early 70s, there were a number of uh, computer programs that came out that um, essentially were therapy programs. And um, the usual, back in the day, the uh, reflection back of, of content was, you know, the Rogerian approach. And I can say, you know, gee, Ralph, I feel down today. And the machine would come back with, oh, you feel down? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, no, I feel, I don't feel down, I feel depressed. Oh, you feel depressed? Then, you know, that kind of reflection. Fairly, fairly simplistic reflection. Yeah. Uh, uh, instead of saying something like, oh, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, tell me, tell me more about that. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And we could probably uh, program a machine to say, tell me more you know, yeah. without any difficulty. But again, we're not going to get at the emotion of the individual. Now, and, you, you mentioned Hal from 2000... 2001, what? A Space Odyssey. Okay, yeah. Um, did he demonstrate any emotions? Uh, no, he was, uh, the computer in this was ruthlessly logical. Uh-huh. And that was part of the, uh, the problem that the human being was having is, uh, he was caught in, um, a logical cleft stick where there was no good option. Uh-huh. And Hal was basically, uh, telling him to do first one thing and then another. Um, which he couldn't do? Which he couldn't do. Okay. So, and uh, back in the 70s, Jim, there was another one uh, that was uh, very prominent at the time. Um, it was an attempt to get a translation 
between and, and uh, people who lived through it will remember the Cold War, uh, where the Russians and the West were at loggerheads, and uh, we wanted to get something that could do good translations uh, as we were talking to the, quote, other side. Okay. And uh, so they developed a computer program that would translate from English to Russian and Russian to English. So they gave it uh, a test case, and uh, the test case was to translate from uh, English to Russian the uh, uh, phrase, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, I can see that this could be fraught with difficulty. What was the translation? The translation was, the vodka is good, but the meat has gone bad. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. so, so they didn't at that point uh, say, we're going to accept this mm -hmm. translation, but no. Today. I know when I was when I was teaching psychology of advertising, that um, there was one section where the slogans that were good slogans here on in America uh, didn't translate worth a darn when it came to other cultures. I'm trying to remember one of them. Um, here it might be that the uh, Impala you know, goes goes like a deer or something like that, and in uh, Latina country, it was uh, the deer is dead. Yeah. Something to that effect. Something to that effect. Now, one of the classic examples is uh, just in car names. There used to be uh, a Chevrolet brand that was called Vega. Uh huh. Well, oh, yeah, Vega. That sounds like a nice name. It does if you're in North America, but if you're in South America, you put those two words together, ve-ga, it means don't go. Don't go, okay. That, I think, was probably what I was think, trying to think of. When, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to Hal and, you know, the robot who has, or the chatbot, who doesn't quite get the emotions. Um, how does that relate to Mr. Spock? Remember Mr. Spock? Mr. Spock Star is, Trek? Yeah, is uh, the absolutely logical person, rationality, reason. And, you know, every time uh, there was a scenario where some sort of emotion came in, uh, Spock would say, very interesting. Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand this, uh -huh. but it's very interesting. Why would you make that? statement or decision. Okay. Now, I could be remembering this incorrectly, but wasn't there an episode where Spock fell in love? Mm, yes, I believe it. Yeah. So, love certainly is uh, uh, full of, you know, human emotions. How would Mr. Spock have handled that? Uh, well, if I'm remembering the episode correctly, very badly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because the uh, the rationality that uh, you know he was feeling uh, there is no reason for me to care for this person 
-hmm. no rational reason, uh, didn't work with uh, I am feeling differently about this person than I have about anybody else. Yeah. Now, it's kind of interesting, Ralph. I say, said that I vaguely recalled, and you said I might have recalled. Now, could be that that episode didn't exist at all, right? It could be. We could be uh, remembering that could be a false memory, or yeah. we could be generating something from five or six different episodes right. where we, we are piecing together pieces of those episodes right. to make something in our own mind. Yeah. So are we manifesting artificial intelligence? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But, you know, here's a, here's a, what I think is a very interesting uh, Spockian sort of thing. Spockian? Spockian. Okay. Uh, I think you've just invented a new word. Could be. Uh, but, you know, we, we look at uh, advertising, as you mentioned earlier on, and we're at a point now where, with artificial intelligence, we could have a, a television ad, let's say a 30-second ad, where we have somebody, apparently a, a well-known uh, politician, okay, uh, appears on our television screens and says something that is just absolutely according to everything that they have said uh, previously, uh, totally wrong, totally uh, against everything that they have said they stand for. Okay, so we have a politician who says, I want you to trust me and drink Budweiser beer. Okay. Okay, I mean... It Bud Light, uh, well, in, in view of the latest controversy, but you know the thing is that uh, you you have that uh, you have Ron uh, DeSantis to give you a, an example, saying, uh, "I have recently uh, come to believe that uh, the Democrats are more correct on the economy than I gave them credit for." Okay. So that doesn't fit with anything that Ron DeSantis has said. Okay. But the avatar, the artificial creation of his image, okay. along with what the AI has generated in terms of a statement, seems 100% real. Okay. This is what they call the dark side of AI, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So... And I might have this incorrect, but the machine can create from bits and pieces of data an image of the spokesperson that looks very, very real right. and generate a, some verbalizations that look or sound very, very real. And, and do that in the voice of the person. Mm -hmm. So we've all heard... Uh, people who are wonderful mimics who can come out and do John Wayne, you know. Right. So they come on stage and they take the correct posture and they say, you better believe it, Pilgrim, or you're dead where you stand. <laughs> and, you know, 
Hey, John Wayne, yeah, I recognize that voice in spite of my very bad impression. But a good mimic can do that to the point where you're willing to say, yeah, that, that sounded, you know, kind of looked like and kind of acted like the real John Wayne. Uh -huh. Well, the AI can do that now to the point where it's almost indistinguishable from the real person and it's talking in what appears to be their voice because it is, because it, the AI has taken bits and pieces of their voice from various clips and melded them together so that they are in the same intonation. Interesting. So that, to go back to my original example of the uh, sermon, if we trained the AI to listen to, say, my pastor, who's very dynamic and very, you know, forceful and shouts and whispers, and, you know. Very, yeah. Uh, we could get that monotone, this is what I am saying, into what sounds like real-life stuff. We could. Okay. And uh, that, that is current technology. So now <clears throat> the thing is we say, okay, um, what happens in five or ten years? Yeah, good point, because, you know, technology today looks a lot different than it did ten years ago. It does, and so the thing is you say, okay, now we have this capability which we can utilize to make something that is virtually real, and that's only going to get better and better and look more and more real over the course of the next 10 years. So 10 years from now, how are we going to be able to distinguish AI from reality? Good question, Ralph. And I think you sent me a, uh, a link called The Dark Side of AI. I did, yes. Okay. So... You know, we're not in the uh, uh, usual habit of playing, you know, the, the uh, arbiter of doom and gloom. But this does, you know, really represent a uh, potential thorny problem at some point in time in the future. Yeah, and one of the things that our listeners uh, may be interested in, in terms of a, a future uh, podcast, we're going to talk about ethics a bit. Uh, in the next month or so. And one of the things that uh, we can now say pretty, pretty substantively is that one of the problems with AI is there is no built-in ethical base. Okay, good point. Yeah. Um, we won't go there right now, but I think that's going to be an interesting uh, uh, series. Yeah. Well, we've looked at this new thing, for, for us new, this thing called artificial intelligence, and uh, sometimes I wonder if there's any intelligence, artificial or not, on our planet. Um, it's an arguable case against. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this. Together. together.